0: East Coast Radio Business Watch. By all accounts, it seems like Russia and the Ukraine are currently engaged in war. And joining me to dissect some of what's currently happening is a journalist called Nick Headley. He's also got a background in economics.
1: So I used to be a journalist at Business Day and now I'm in comms. I focus specifically on climate related things. I keep a close eye on markets and and the economy just ever since I was a journalist,
0: basically. Now, we've all seen social media posts going around, videos of water attacks and missiles and whatnot. Has Russia officially declared war?
1: I mean, they may not have put in those words, but they definitely have. If you have a look at some of those um, maps of where Russia has been targeting Ukraine, it's pretty much across the entire country, very much a full-scale invasion and war on the country.
0: So for those not necessarily so involved in the news about Russia, what is making Putin so angry? Why does he actually want to invade Ukraine?
1: It's a tough one because obviously you only really ever see the one side of the story. When the Cold War ended, the Soviet Union disbanded, but NATO didn't. And NATO is seen as a sort of threat to Russia. It's constantly sort of encroaching on its part of the world, I guess. You could say it's justified that they feel at risk with the fact that another one of their neighbors is joining NATO, so is sort of against Russia. But at the same time, Putin has always kind of said that he feels Ukraine shouldn't be a country. He sort of longs for the days of the Soviet Union and he wants... Ukraine, which is a was a kind of heartland of the Soviet Union and a key part of Russia, he wants that back. It's pretty clear.
0: Now, we know South Africa, of course, part of BRICS, which is an economic alliance. Have we, as South Africa, condemned the behavior of Russia?
1: South Africa has allies in the West, and we have allies in Russia. So we are obviously part of the BRICS alliance, which means we are a sort of economic ally to Russia. We do have ties to Russia, also, I mean, if you think back, I think the ANC received support from Russia back in the during the struggle, so it sort of seems like there's still a sort of affinity towards it now. so you haven't seen India or China or South Africa really condemn these moves because China is quite an important ally to us
0: so in all accounts now, it seems like none of the BRICS countries have actually condemned it. Do you think that South Africa will actually support Russia from a military perspective?
1: I think we Very much fence that is on in here. If you see um, the statements from Naledi Pandor and in our international relations department, we're very much sitting on the fence. I doubt South Africa would get involved in any military way at all.
0: It's also a bit unsure at this stage if Russia and Vladimir Putin actually has enough reserves to be able to engage in warfare with Ukraine, but also deal with the suspension of their stock exchange and heavy sanctions from countries such as the USA and South Africa. Do you think Putin properly weighed the options here?
1: he's obviously thought about it a lot and i mean he's obviously decided that the benefits are worth the risks of sanctions the one thing that the west i guess has over him is the nord stream pipeline that transports gas to germany um it's about to be finished but germany has decided to not certify it and allow it to become operational. And that's quite a big loss for Russia. Uh, its economy really is built on exports of fossil fuels, oil and gas. So there will be a lot of pain for Russia out of this. But I guess Putin's decided it's it's worth it.
0: And obviously, being part of BRICS, do you think that not imposing sanctions from South Africa's side on Russia will result in penalties from other Western forces? Do you think we will also be sanctioned?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so, to be honest. Um, I think we're just going to be one of those neutral countries who don't really have anything to do with us directly.
0: I know it's difficult to believe, but a dark cloud like this can also probably have an economic silver lining for us.
1: At the moment, we rely on supply of an input to sort of fuel our cars and our trucks. And obviously, we, we transport most of our goods on the road. Price volatility is a real thing and security of supply is a real thing. If we didn't have to require an input to be imported for to propel our cars and our trucks and so on, it would be hugely beneficial. It would take a lot of pressure off inflation and so on. But yeah, so oil prices we've really seen have gone above $100 a barrel for the first time since 2014. That's obviously because Russia is a major supplier and now faces sanctions. So that means higher high petrol prices in South Africa, which is obviously very bad news. And this has huge knock-on effects across the whole economy because most of our goods are transported by road. This could add a lot of inflationary pressure. And then on another commodity, Russia and Ukraine are also major wheat and maize exporters so this means higher grain prices which means rising food inflation in south africa and elsewhere and obviously because the rand is a sort of proxy for risk the rand's now under pressure which just adds to the inflationary pressures so we could see a fair amount of inflation coming through because of this which isn't great the cost of living is already getting rather high in south africa there's a sort of silver lining to the commodities side of the coin though and that's commodity prices in general are higher because obviously supply from russia and ukraine is now at risk so that's very good for south african exports of minerals and good for south africa's tax revenue and that should also help to limit the weakness of the rand one thing with inflation despite inflation rising i do think There's a chance that the U.S. Federal Reserve and other central banks might now be in a bit less of a hurry to increase interest rates, which means the South African Reserve Bank can probably do the same.
0: And what does this mean for companies based in Russia or South African companies that actually has interests in Russian companies?
1: So the first one that comes to mind is Barlow World. Nearly a fifth of its sales come from Russia, actually. So they sell Caterpillar equipment to mines and the construction industry there. And I think that's going to be very much at risk because there's going to be sanctions on Russia. I'm not sure what that means for South African companies operating in Russia. Not sure if we're going to impose sanctions. Maybe not. But even if other countries do, it might still affect South African companies. So, yeah, I guess you could say a fifth of Barlow World's sales are sort of at risk. And Barlow World's one of, obviously, South Africa's big industrial conglomerates. Another one that's quite interesting is Naspers. Naspers owns a fairly big stake in mail.ru, which is Russia's equivalent of Facebook and WhatsApp. It's changed its name now to, I think, VK. Late last year, Putin sort of gave one of his close allies and friends control over that company, which Naspers has a stake in. So,
0: It's also a bit concerning because obviously a lot of retirement funds are invested in Naspersh. Vladimir Putin is quite seasoned in conflict and in politics, while the Ukrainian president is pretty young. He's only 44 years old. Do you think Ukraine is ready to defend themselves?
1: If you look at the stats on the sort of how the armies stack up, I think Ukraine's probably got about a quarter of what Russia has just based on what I've seen. I think it'll be very hard for them to defend themselves. see now they're asking um turkey to shut off that sort of ocean connection that gives russia access via the ocean sort of around that strait to ukraine so not sure what turkey what role turkey will play there but i think on its own ukraine probably can't hold off russia
0: and in 2014 the annexation of crimea do you think that was instrumental eight years ago do you think you thought that far in advance
1: uh, definitely, yeah. Um, I think now it makes, makes more sense why Russia did it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a key sort of port ocean area, and I, th- I think it's already being used in this conflict as a, a means to get troops and supplies into, into Ukraine.
0: That's journalist Nick Headley joining me today on Business Watch. Thank you very much for your time.